0: The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your guest host for today's episode. So today I'm joined by Cindy. Cindy is the Therapeutic Manager at Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. She's a mum to three boys. Uh, Cindy has been working as a therapist for the last 13 years and we do say at Women's Health and Wellbeing that there is no such thing as a parenting expert. So the only time that I knew everything about parenting was before I actually had children and having been a parent for 15 years I realise more and more that uh, the older they get the less I know. With that being said Cindy has been focusing on um, children for the last 10 years so Cindy is certified in Circle of Security. She works with individuals um, from three through to adulthood. Cindy works with couples and families and also works as a um, children's therapist as well. So Cindy thank you very much for joining us today. Thank
1: you, Emma. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You made me sound pretty good there. Um, But certainly it is um, lovely to be able to be part of this today and to share some of my thinking around the topics.
0: Yeah, so uh, with that in mind, today we're talking about children returning to school. Here in Western Australia, our kids were supposed to go back to school Um, Monday, I don't even know what the date was, 1st of February, I think it was. So kids were supposed to go back the 1st of February. We've experienced lockdown. Cindy and I had intended to have a Facebook Live conversation around supporting parents as they get ready for their children to go back to school. And then one thing led to another, that conversation didn't happen and then lockdown happened in Western Australia in the same way that it has in multiple places around the world and children going back to school has been disrupted before we talk about the way that lockdown has disrupted children going back to school and what that may potentially look like if children go back on Monday, can we talk about some of the ideas around how we can support children and parents for children starting a school year?
1: Absolutely, Emma. I think it's um, great that we're opening this about up for parents to become aware of and, and think about, because obviously, most of us um, become quite anxious thinking about our children going back to school. Um, not only the transitioning from home into the school environment, particularly for kindies, pre primaries year one, that early childhood sector, but just the preparation it means and what it's going to mean on the family. So, yeah, and I some think some of the things that we sorry, oh, sorry we talk about
0: um, we talk about children starting school for the first time and for the kindy and pre-primary children, um, year one children. I think as well, there's also this um, the the stress and anxiety that goes around children starting their first year of high school and that's another year where there's this big level of anxiety for both children and for parents because they're starting um, they're starting a brand new adventure or a chapter in their education and particularly if it's your first child who's starting kindergarten, pre-primary, year one or year seven. Uh, also I think when children are starting their last year of primary school or high school there's a lot of emotion that goes into that as well. So just really wanted to acknowledge that these milestones aren't just for parents of small children, um, even, you know, parents of children who are starting university for the first time or TAFE for um, additional learning. I think that these things are transferable across states, across countries and across age groups.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's important to also think about that when our children have gone into the school system for the first time, that becomes their experience. Then, then may be triggered and occur again for them. Mm. What that experience was like again, transitioning into high school, mm. you know that feeling that they had, or how welcome or unwelcome that experience may have been for them with the caregivers or the educators at that time, yeah. could then be something that's triggered again for them going into high school because it's another, like you said, another um, transition that they're going to be experiencing, another milestone. Mm. Um, so, things to consider about, you know, even thinking about your children. If you don't have um, young children considering what it might have been for them then and what you might need to be thinking about as they're going into high school or into other levels of education. Sure. So some... Oh, sorry, did you want to say something? No, no,
0: different? I was just agreeing. Yep. <laughs>
1: okay, just, just cutting away there. Yeah. Um. So things that I, you know, I think we need to kind of remember is that it's, it's anxiety-provoking. Mm. Any kind of change, any kind of transition that we have as people, but especially our little people, Um, is really quite big. So what they know of in their world is you are their safe person, their family is their safe environment. And when they separate from that for periods of time, it becomes
0: quite scary. Yeah.
1: So things, you know, things you're going to probably be seeing is you might be seeing big behaviours where kids might be crying a little bit more, they might be seeking your connection a little bit more, you might be seeing some yelling, even some kind of clinging behaviour. And for adults, that can be really kind of draining and sometimes really straining as well and not knowing what to do with all of that.
0: Yeah, and I think that those big behaviours that we see, sometimes those big behaviours, we don't see them until the bucket overflows So it's been building and building for the six weeks waiting to go back to school, or the four week, two weeks since Christmas, four weeks since Christmas, and then all of a sudden, the day before school, the morning of school, the night before school—that's when we see this kind of overflowing bucket and these children having these big um, emotions. Often, I think the problem is that that's when parents are having those big emotions as well. And when we're having those big emotions, we're then trying to manage our emotions and also you've got a child who doesn't know how to regulate their emotions, who is now crying, shouting, refusing to go to bed, refusing to put their shoes on, um, not getting out from underneath the blanket or hiding, you know, those kinds of things. And it's how can we respond to that while we're trying to manage our emotions and also our little person's emotions, regardless of if our little person is four, six, 12 or 18.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was just a really lovely way to, to kind of name the process there, Emma. You know, the, the idea that um, children will kind of get through the holidays, get through different aspects of being present in their day and their daily tasks and enjoying the fun of being on holidays and connecting with their family. But as they come up to what's going to be their shift and their change, when we're also experiencing similar experiences, it's also knowing that we're kind of mirroring the behavior and mirroring their experience of the child as well. So it kind of becomes like a little explosive box at times. Mm. Um, And so really trying to sit into and being that calm person in what for them is a very confronting environment. You know, I think what we're seeing with this behavior, it's driven from the children for that feeling of being afraid and scared. They're desperately needing to feel safe. Yeah. Um, And children don't have language to let us know, hey, mum, dad, you know, whoever it may be, granny, auntie, I'm I'm not okay right now. Um, but they get to let you know through these big behaviours and finding ways to let you know that I'm I'm not okay. So really looking for when they're doing this, they're trying to send you a message to trying to let you know that, that they're scared right now and they need something from you and trying to find these moments of what they might need to stop and pause and sit into you and wonder what they need right now. What they need mm-hmm. from me is really important to kind of consider as we talk about this through today. I think... So I think um,
0: Go ahead. I, I think as well, sometimes uh, as parents, it can be quite confronting because um, this is my confident child. So, you know, I wasn't expecting for this child to be the one that would have a meltdown, whereas this child I've been prepping for the last four weeks and getting them ready for what this this process might look like and what it may feel like. But this one, you know, she's got it going on and I haven't, I wasn't expecting for her to be the one that would be running off and crying in the library because, know because it was all too much and sometimes that can trip us up as well
1: absolutely i think yeah i think maggie dent calls them the roosters when she talks about children Ah. who are the the confident ones that go into those scenarios but they certainly have the same fears that Mm. everyone else does yeah Um, and and i think when we can feel that's unexpected when they go off and show you that the fear is actually present in there. We can feel a bit out of sorts too. You mm. know, you were meant to kind of be okay in this scenario. But
0: and now what do I do? Is, I wasn't ready for this.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. this is not okay. You're meant to kind of just get through this, so we can do this together successfully. But or as I said to my daughter when to- she
0: graduated at the end of last year, I was like, "Honey, you know the rule in our house: only one person is allowed to freak out at a time." At the moment, it's me. So you're going to have to be okay through your graduation because I'm not okay. And she's like, I don't think that's how this works, mum. I'm kind of going to need it to be. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It is is essential that it's about someone feeling safe That's Hopefully it. it's about the child being able to do that well but sadly anyway. we did
0: have to reassess and i did have to put my issues on the <laughs> yeah. back burner and make her the, uh, the center but
1: you know it is tricky and i think the lovely thing there is i as mean, you realize that you're also freaking out at the same time so yeah. i think as a parent to acknowledge that you're that you're having that moment is a really great start to then yeah. being able to be available for your child um, it's when you don't quite catch it and you notice that just kind of reacting to their reaction is when it can get a little bit hairy and scary. Mm. And, um, you know, I think, like you were saying beforehand, that, you know, you can get them kind of prepared and get them familiar. But all, all children will show you at some point in time what their fear is and that you might be from the kind of unexpected, confident child but it's all underlying in the same way that this is not, this is unknown for me. I really don't know what this is about. and I need you to be available for me and help me organize my feelings. So I don't know what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You now you're saying beforehand, Emma, about, you know, you might spend weeks kind of getting yourself prepared or getting your child prepared about what school might be like. And I'd just like to go over some of those things. because I think they're just really mm. useful tips to consider.
0: Yes, please do. When thinking
1: about what that might be like. Mm. Um, Particularly, as we are saying before, we want to talk a little bit about what school transition might look like and feel like. Um, and some things that people have spoken about, um, what has been useful for them, are keeping that kind of attachment focus between mm. keeping that secure connection with your child is where I'll kind of be coming from today. Um, and there's kind of what I'll... There's just a few tips that I think might be useful. You know, helping our children become more familiar with their environment. There's mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to have children going into... Um, kindy or into pre-primary and they've had older siblings and they've kind of been in that school system before but not necessarily been around the classroom not um, not knowing who the teacher might be same with high school students Mm. haven't been to the school grounds before didn't realize how big it was Mm. all the kind of things that come with that and not just an orientation day but a day where they're doing it alongside you as their safe person Mm. you're the person that makes them feel comfortable and safe so if you can find opportunities and just really small opportunities where you get to go in and go, oh, this is what I think where your classroom's going to be. This is, you know, I wonder what it's going to be like, where you might put your bag. This is where the toilet, and a is a really good one to think yeah. about, particularly for those younger ones. You know, we kind of just think about everything else, about water bottles and lunch boxes and school bags, but, you know, thinking about can they go to the toilet on their own? Mm-hmm. Do they need help doing that? Do they know how to get there? Do you know how to close and open the door? Those kind of things become really important for them to know whether or not they're going to feel okay. So really taking some of those unknowns out of, what's kind of fueling the fear will be really
0: useful I think that toilet one is a um, it's a really good one and I didn't I didn't think about it until with my youngest child um, when she was getting ready to go to um, kindy it was a source of anxiety for her and we did think so you know we'd always gone to public toilets together you know we'd gone in I'd always gone in with her and I'd always been the one that had shut the door and locked the door and unlocked the door. And actually, you know, in the lead up to her going to kindy where she would have to do that herself, being able to lock and unlock the door, but also come up with a plan that if you can't unlock the door, what can you do so that you're not, you know, to have some sort of strategies around, is there a gap that's big enough at the bottom of the door that you could slide under? Mm -hmm. Or how loud can you shout or can you bang on the door? Let's practice banging on the door. What does that sound like? What does that feel like? Can you bang harder? Can you shout harder, Um, shout louder even? Um, So those different things as well, which for some children are, again, a source of anxiety around what will happen if I get locked in. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's, you know, really lovely to think about what are some solutions that Mm. we can come up with about when things feel really tricky for you? Yeah. Um, Because they're not going to be thinking about that. They're they're thinking about what it's like to be in this really foreign place. Yeah. So if we can put our our adult brain on and help them come up with some ideas so that they feel a little bit safer, it's really good. I also think it's useful,
0: um, particularly with that situation, I tried to take my adult brain off and I tried to give her Mm -hmm. the opportunity to say, okay, if this happens, what could you do? Let's practice that. Yeah. What else could you do? Can you think of a different one and let her come up with the solutions because that way I think they're just a little bit more meaningful for her, that those are solutions that she's she's thought of, she's practiced and she's got them there as opposed to me coming in as an adult and saying, well, I'm the expert here. This is what I think you mm-hmm. should do, but it not actually work for her.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a really, really great way of pointing that out. It's, it's not necessarily about you making the solutions for them, but giving them the opportunity mm. to um explore ideas with you so that you can help them find ways through that that's it and creating that space for them yeah absolutely holding it holding Mm. a space for them to be able to consider what options might be and guiding them through those opportunities um and ideas around what they could do to kind of get out of their their issues that they might experience at a time in school and you're not around for them Mm. so that's that's a really lovely way i'm glad you pointed that out there you know the other things that we kind of think about as well is um you know has has your child ever been left alone without mm. you before? have they been with someone else Have they've been with a caregiver have they been to a daycare you know for some children that may not have been their experience they may have never even been left with a grandparent before so this is really new to them and the way that we can what we kind of want to hope for them is to start having opportunities so as a parent if you can create opportunities for them to experience being with another safe person so another person in their circle where they feel more comfortable with that you can leave them for periods of time and small amounts of time so they get to know actually know what mum or dad or my caregiver whoever they might be goes away but then they come back again Mm. and then you start building confidence around what it's like for them to be apart from you yeah they're not experiencing the sense of this is the first time and this is the only time but if you can start building those small moments then what we will is those beautiful neuro pathways for them to get an understanding of but you know what i'm actually okay in that period of time mm-hmm. i'm okay when mum's there and she does come back
0: yeah every single time and
1: every and that's that's right and i think it's really important that we reassure them that's what we're doing that we are coming back because time is a really difficult thing for our, yeah. our little ones to understand mm-hmm. and so we might say we'll see you at the end of the day for them that's a year away yeah. you know so we're really just trying to get them to know that we are going to be back and and making sure that you let them know that you know so when you go back into school Um, And you're picking them up and, you know, it was a bit of a tricky morning. You Mm. can say things like, I know this morning felt a little bit tricky when I left. And remember how I said I was coming back? Well, here I am and we're now together again. Mm -hmm. You know, really letting them know that we spoke about this. It was really scary, but here I am, we're we're back together. So they get to plan on understanding. Mum said she was going to go and now she's back again.
0: And one of the things that you said there that I really love is you acknowledge the way that the child was feeling. So you know, I know that this felt really tricky for you this morning, and I think that that can be really important. And often, as parents, it's um it's tempting to say, "There's nothing to be worried about." You're you know, you're so big, you're so strong, you're so you can do this, you've got this. And actually, sometimes it can be so much more powerful to say, "You know what? I know that you're scared right now." And, you know, and to acknowledge that and to feel that with them and to hold that with them and, as you say, to then acknowledge at the end of the day, I know it was really tricky for you and you did so incredibly well and I told you I was going to be back and here I am. So, and just to yeah. reinforce that all feelings are valid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's really tempting as adults to go into a place of letting children know they're going to be okay. Mm. Um, I think we've all experienced that ourselves. You know, mm. we've experienced situations where someone that's, you know, don't worry about it, you're going to be fine. But yeah. often you're still left with that, that yeah. really ugly feeling that's sitting with you. Um, but if someone goes, oh, my gosh, that was really hard for you, all of a sudden you feel really understood and it's easier for you to shift from that feeling of feeling misunderstood and sad into a place of I'm going to be okay yeah. if you feel like someone's with you in that. So it mm. certainly is if we can as parents being able to be with our children in their feeling, whatever it may be, So they feel as though they're being held in that rather than being pushed against whatever their feeling might be.
0: Yeah. I think as well sometimes, um, possibly for older children, but it can be really useful to say something like, am I listening or am I problem solving with you now? What do you Mm -hmm. need from me? Do you need me to empathize with you and hear what your struggle is and to share that with you? Or do you need me to hear that? And then do you need me to come up with solutions? Because depending on with the situation and depending on what people are going through, They can need very different things and sometimes when we come Mm. in with solutions, as you say, we just shut down because I I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to acknowledge that this isn't good right now or it's all well and good. You telling me it's not good, but how am I going to get through to the end of the day? So, yeah, I think it can be useful to try and have that conversation and, and let your child lead what they need from you.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really useful particularly with the, with your older children there to give them the opportunity to say what it might be that they mm. might need and even your partners. I was about to say, know, it works you know, quite well scenarios. with husbands and wives and partners, yeah, girlfriends, absolutely. yeah.
0: absolutely. <laughs> and friends, yeah, you know, with, couples, with friends as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it is all about being given the opportunity to know and – what you want to be able to provide for them, but also that they have an opportunity to say what they might need from you mm. because we don't always get it quite right. We don't really know what someone needs until they can be quite explicit about it and then you can offer the opportunity for that. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah. I think as well it's good and, to practice asking for what you need and often we don't get oh, opportunities yeah. to do that, so this is just another opportunity for that.
1: Yeah, and, and a safe way of doing it mm-hmm.
0: too. Yeah.
1: Because you're not having to open up your vulnerability first but someone's opening it for you.
0: That's right. All right, next no, tip.
1: We'll just, next <laughs> bit. so the, the kind of the, the next thing I was going to go on to is, and this is something that I did with my own children, mm-hmm. is I noticed that, the, you know, when you start your day in the morning and you're trying to get busy to get ready for work, they're trying to get themselves ready for school. You're trying to be as calm as you can. Often it's really hard to hang on to the threads that keeps the ships up kind of sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can create delight and connection in the moments of your morning, it can be much easier to make the day a better starting day. And so, finding out what your kids might feel as though that you're delighting in them in that morning allows them to go into the transition into their school day with their cup full. Yeah. So, things like playing their favorite song while they're getting ready for school, you know, playing um, a game in the car on the way to school. So, finding this kind of micro moments of connection, you know, the small touches, the quick winks. They're then leaving you with a, a full loving cup mm-hmm. and going into a space ready for engagement rather than in a place of feeling, you know, withdrawn, not willing to connect in with everyone kind yeah. of bouncing off each other's fears in that morning. Mm-hmm. So, if you can create a space where they're coming from, where they're feeling connected, where they're feeling delighted in, then you're more than likely to see a successful transition into school than if you were coming from a place where they didn't have much access to
0: that i think as well um i think that's it's fantastic and from a from a child's perspective it's great that a morning is starting with positives and as you say they the difference for a child whose morning starts well and the way they go into school compared to a a child where they're Mm. coming from you know when the household is stressful because one parent's trying to get here and potentially another parent's trying to get there and the kids lost whatever book it is or what school shirt they're supposed to be wearing today that kind of it's a very different atmosphere when they arrive at school and um but also i don't know if you've noticed but i find that um, things go a lot quicker when you actually take the 30 seconds to do that connection or um then if you like when you're pushing against it something that could if you just took 10 seconds and just turned it into a positive interaction have it done in 30 seconds as opposed to pushing for 10 minutes and they still haven't got their damn shoes on so. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think well, as parents, we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we could even see ourselves in the middle of it. So yeah. you, just get your shoes, <laughs> on, just get your shoes on, just get your shoes on, just get your shoes on. And then that's, you know, exactly. It takes a half an hour for that process to happen. But if it was something that was was a, an ability to kind of have that micro connection, a quick a quick game together or a quick yeah. laugh over it. It's going to happen so much quicker, and the morning is so much easier. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think we all know, but sometimes it's really hard to hang on to. So if yeah. you, I think for myself as a parent, I go into a place going, "Okay, how do I want this in my morning to kind of go? Yeah. You know, how do I want this to be?" So that you can kind of find find the opportunities for that to happen. I do want to kind of put in here as well that it's not gonna happen all the time. Oh really yeah, kind of no, most definitely now, not. <laughs> it's not. It's not all the time. But yeah. if we can if we can grab those moments where we have the ability to pause and sink into that, then then grab onto them so that you can have more of these moments together as um as parents and children. So you have more of this kind of great positive connections that allow you to come back to actually this experience happened and it happened a lot more. So it doesn't so it kind of builds on the good stuff rather yeah. than building on the not so good stuff all the time.
0: I think as well as parents, you know, you're the expert in your child. So you you know yeah. as a parent what kind of thing is going to change your child's mood. So, you know, it might be yeah. that your child responds really well to music. So if you're driving to school and you can put their favourite song on, it's going to change everyone's mood. So if you know those things, I think it's really useful to think about what it is that um, puts your kids in a, in a positive frame of mind and hold those in your toolbox so that when you're having those bad moments, you can, yes. um, you know, you can crank the music on the way to school or you can um, sing a phrase of their favorite nursery rhyme, whatever it is that you know is going to make your child smile, um, even down to the fact that your brain doesn't know the difference between a fake smile and a real smile. So. With one of my kids, if um, if they're having a particularly da- bad day, we will have a fake smile competition and you have to smile as big and as hard as you can for as long as possible and the person who laughs first loses. And, you know, it's just one way that we know – and I know that that shifts everybody's mood straight away. And if I'm having a bad day at work, I will quite often – close my office door or go into the toilet and do my little um, fake smile competition all by myself because it makes me laugh and it puts me in a better mood. (laughs) So those little things that you know are going to change your child's outlook and your outlook are really useful to hold on to. Yeah,
1: and just collect them. Sometimes we're not quite Mm. aware of them. Yeah, that's it.
0: So just take a moment to think about what it is. Or, you know, ask your child, ask your partner, ask family who Mm. know that child, what have you noticed?
1: Yes, don't don't do what I did, which I think the first time I thought about accessing music, which was I made my own playlist for the morning, and I remember my boys saying, "I don't want to listen to that. That's not what I want." Like. Oh, yeah, I've got to change that. So backstreet boys are not playlist. right,
0: mum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So really, inviting them to be a part of what feels good for them in the morning is is a great way to start. You know, and I, you know, that transition going into school, and another thing to kind of be thinking about is. You know, some schools are a bit different, but if you can find an opportunity for your child to find an educator that they can connect in with be yeah. their safe person mm-hmm. in the school that collects them as they kind of enter into that school and leaving you into that safe place is going to be really useful. Yeah. So they're no longer, you know, well, not no longer, but they, they have, they come from what is your, you know, your, no, your safe, safe, Zone. Sorry, safe haven kind of secure yep. base. Um, and then they kind of create that at school. So they mm. get a secure base or wherever they get to kind of go to. They've got another trusted and safe adult. So when they're struggling, they go, I've got this other person here that's available to me.
0: And this person and, you know, makes me feel then... safe.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You know, if, if they if usually in the kind of younger years, they probably usually have a, you know, a, an EA in the room mm. or someone else. So it's not just on one teacher. But if you can have that available to the child, it's really useful for them to know actually when I leave home, and That feels really good. There's this other person over here that makes me feel really good too, so it makes yeah. that transition a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you did this with your kids, Emma, but you know, I, I certainly did with one of mine, and that was you know, thinking about how do I let them feel as though that I'm still with them in the day, mm-hmm. and you know, particularly with with one of my boys, we really want to have this kind of sense of connection. He had a bit of a struggling time throughout the year, and I want him to know that. You know, when he was thinking of me, I was thinking of him. Mm. And so creating what, you know, we kind of call as like a kind of transitional object so that they can feel you in some way. And some people like to, you know, do photos or, you know, some kind of object or a soft toy or a necklace. You know, I think I did, you know, we did rocks together and he had a rock in his pocket. Every time he thought thought about it, he would hold on to that and that'd be our connection together. It really has this, it gives them something tangible to Mm -hmm. feel as though that you're still with them in some way. There's some beautiful books around this as well. Mm. Um, there's one that's called The Kissing Hand. Yeah. um And there's also one called The Invisible String. And there's just really books that you might like to get or get from the library and read with your kids so they get an understanding about what that can, can mean. It has and it has some language around it that you can mm-hmm. use as a parent as well. So we're just continually kind of building on successful transitional experiences in safe and positive ways. I think is. Mm-hmm. It's
0: a great place to kind of start. Mm. We did um, with one of our kids. He had a stone in his pocket, uh, and that mm. worked in a couple of different ways. Partly because it worked in, in the same way that you suggested, but also because when he was when he wasn't having a good time, he could actually it was min- moments of mindfulness. So we mm. actually went Absolutely. through how does it feel? Is it smooth? Is it rough? How does it feel having mm. the weight of that in your hand? Um, does it feel cold? Does it feel warm? So those kinds of things with it as well uh, and with one of my children, um, I drew a heart in permanent marker on her hand and one in my yeah. hand. So if she needed me, she could squeeze it and I'd be able to feel it and she'd be able to feel me squeezing back. So those kinds of things where there's always mm. that connection because um, actually she would put her hand on her heart and, you know, be able to feel me, you know, all of those kinds of things. So yeah. Whatever it takes to, I guess, as you say, keep that connection there when we're not physically present as well. So know that although we're not physically there, we're always going to be there for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly about giving them some sense of, you know, my my primary person's there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even when I can't see them, we're, they're still there, they're still thinking of me too just as much as I'm thinking of them.
0: Yeah. Any other tips? So we've kind of gone...
1: Well, I guess what I'm thinking now is we've gone through some ideas about what we were considering Mm. before kind of this lockdown happened in WA. Yeah. Uh, And now that it's kind of here, some of the things we've spoken about, we may not have kind of access to. So we may not be able to do successful kind of transition from, you know, into the classroom, Mm. walking them around, the things that we would hope to have been able to have done, you know, back then. So it's kind of, you know, maybe it's time to just explore some, what it's going to feel like. Possibly if we're back at school next week. We're not quite sure what that's going to look like.
0: And I think that that is probably one of the first things to think about is the fact that there is so much uncertainty. And so as adults, if there's uncertainty for us, then Mm. what does that uncertainty feel like for our little people?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I you know, I think the one thing that we have in our pockets at the moment is that we've been here before. Mm -hmm. So unlike the last time this happened, we weren't sure what it was going to look like, what it was going to feel like, um, how, if we're going to even survive it. And there's lots of questions around it. And that's something that I really kind of hold um, as adults is going, you know what, we have done this before. We've been Mm -hmm. here before. We know what this looks like, feels like. So I would encourage you to kind of be holding that, for children as well, going, we were here. Remember, we did do this. The parts of it that felt good, parts that didn't, Feels so good. So mm. I've encouraged parents to be thinking about what are my kind of lessons learned? What did I learn last time about yeah. myself, about my children? You know, can I multitask? You know, uh, you know what time of the day was the most hectic? Mm. You know, it, can I share some of this with my co-parent? What was too much? You know, really trying to, I guess, what we're trying to do is model to our children where you can mm-hmm. the ability to kind of be flexible and adaptive to change because yeah. at this kind of time is when we're going to have to probably be doing that the most. And I absolutely realise that, as I say this, that is no easy task.
0: No. And I I think that it's also, as you're saying, can I multitask? I'm thinking, no, no, I can't, not really. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It's the first thing I thought. Yeah. So I think we're talking at the moment about the potential of, you know, and it's a possibility, it's a remote possibility, we don't know what's going to happen, but the possibility that we Mm. may be looking at a situation where we're homeschooling again. So as somebody who homeschooled, one of my children for three years, can I just say that what we experienced last year in lockdown was not homeschooling. That is not what that looks like, feels like, is like at all. It's a very different experience when you're homeschooling to what we went through last year. Um, And I think for all of the parents who came out and said, well, I know one thing, I could never homeschool my kids. You actually don't know that because you haven't done it. So homeschooling is generally, it's really social. There's lots of connection. There's lots of... um, there's lots of outings what we did last year was keeping everyone at home while we tried to work our job parent our kids teach our kids half the time we were trying to learn the topics as well before we had to teach them because who can remember like apart from anything else BIMDAS has apparently changed how does that change like I can't and um so you know those kinds of things what do you mean when you don't do long division anymore how do you not do long division
1: So find all- yourself
0: on youtube figuring out how to change. that's it hang on a minute what does this word actually oh right oh when i went to school it was called this oh i know how to do that uh, why have they changed yeah. the name so you know all of those kinds of things where there was that added layer of pressure that we just think far out what was wrong with just yeah whatever so um yeah so i think that what we went through last year we learned that we can't be everything at all times you cannot Work like you don't parent, and parent like you don't work, and also suddenly become a teacher and trying to keep on top of all of the emails and the connect messages and the YouTube videos mm. and the worksheets and all of these things that you were supposed to do. And I think it's around going, well, actually, how do we prioritize and what do we do?
1: Absolutely, yeah, that's it. I think it's you know I love what you just said. You know, you said beforehand, you can't, you can't be everything. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. But for somehow we keep trying we really do um, <laughs> yeah we do but it, you know is try and seek opportunities just to kind of slow down yeah you know I, I think we just try to do so much I mean personally I know that I, I have many moments of that you know, trying mm. to do all of it at once but just to slow down and breathe into how can I allow myself to be more flexible even though you can you know you see so many people around you you know sending off their different things to do with the online learning and ticking things off Like you said beforehand, Emma, you know, you are the expert in your child. You know how much they can do. You know how much they can't do. You know what you can be part of and what you can't be part of. So, you know, as their parent, what worked and what didn't work.
0: I think as well, you know, you you know the signs of when your kid isn't going to achieve anything else today. And stop. Don't keep pushing against that brick wall. Change what you're doing. Possibly come back to it or just go, you know what, in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter if we don't do two hours of this today and we only do 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Exactly. And sometimes we don't know the signs, right? You mm. know, you said sometimes we, we think we know what's going on for our child and we don't see it until it's absolutely it's, at the other end Yeah, because we've been, you know, busy trying to do so much. So if we can try and just you know, think about what we want to be able to provide for our children is let them let you know that it's this is too much. Mm-hmm. So if we can slow down enough so we can see those signs because they are there um, and their behavior tells us all the time. Like we said, their words don't, but their behavior certainly will. So mm-hmm. slow down so you can see those signs so you can help you and help them get through possible online learning, whatever it may be, in a, in a successful way for both of you. Mm. And, you know, I think you know, even for me, even thinking about online learning was something I thought, oh, gosh, I can do a week with my kids at home, but doing another week if they were online learning is something else completely different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that can be quite triggering, I think, quite triggering to think about, oh, my gosh, and anxiety-provoking, mm. how are we going to do this all again? So self-care here for parents is really important. Yeah. To allow yourself to know, actually, I found that really hard last time, so what can I do for myself this time as a parent to make sure I can get through this and still be available for my children.
0: Mm. I think as well it could be, and this is obviously difficult for parents who haven't had to um, go through this last year because their children weren't at school. So this is all brand mm. new. Um, my suggestion would be generally with a lot of the uh, school, um, with a lot of the schools, there are Facebook groups for parents attached to that school. You can always jump yeah. on that and ask for other people's suggestions, thoughts, advice, and reach out to people who have been through it before. Don't compare yourself mm. to other people's social media version of themselves because nobody puts the worst version of themselves on social media. So you're often comparing your worst day to their best day, or a really shiny version of their best day that's had some of the you know some of the negative moments have been omitted from the story perhaps. Um, and you know, so I think that's really useful to kind of go: Am I comparing apples with apples? And also know that just because, just because Jane's doing this and Jane's ticking all the boxes and Jane's doesn't mean that you need to as well. So the only person you need to compare yourself to is you, um, as well. I just, yeah, I just think honestly, we, we need to think as well for our children perhaps around what is it that they're going to struggle with most in this situation. So, um, Are they going to be most worried about the fact that they're not sitting in their social studies class at two o'clock or are they going to be most worried about the fact that they were expecting to be going back to school and seeing their friends and having recess and lunch with them every day five days a week and is it that social connection that they're going to miss and other things that we can do and the thought of having to do another zoom meeting actually makes me break out in sweat. But you know, or having to try and do mm-hmm. Zoom playdates again. But what is, what ways can we actually create that social connection for our kids?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, like you said, I think for some for some kids, this extra week and possibly into the next week is really welcome and they're like high fiving each other yeah. and think it's the best thing ever. And for others, like my my very little one, was just so excited oh, about I going into pre primary. Oh. and was devastated that he's not there this yeah. week. So it's really trying to figure out. What was the expectation of my child? How do they respond to this change? Mm. You know, what was they, What are they thinking now? And you know, knowing that through all of that, what they what they're wanting and what they're kind of going to be seeking is some safety and security through this, because mm-hmm. that's what we get to provide them. Yeah. We don't get to kind of control what's going on, on the outside, but we get to provide them with that calm, consistent, safe environment in a way that will let them kind of feel that worry and fear, but still feel okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because the, you know it can kind of listen, like you said. Am I going to be sitting next to my favorite person, or you know, am I now not going to get to see my friends? And and then the worry that kind of can come from that. And we've got to remember that we've got this thing called the amygdala, right? And it's, it's shaped like a little almond. It's like a personal warrior. Its job to come out and keep us safe. And its job is it kind of gets triggered when things are out of our control. Mm-hmm. And this environment right now, it's out of our control. It's you know, it's about us looking at how can we control what we what's in our own environment focus
0: on what we can do one Mm. day at a time and and i think it's useful to um to think about that as adults uh people who would who don't necessarily watch the news people who don't necessarily tune you know how many of them i think there were six thousand west australians today tuned into the um, channel 7 news media briefing uh Mm -hmm. so around what's happening in an update so As adults, we're sitting in this situation of uncertainty and not knowing what's happening. And as you said, we've got all of these, you know, all of the amygdalas out there trying to keep us all safe. Um, We've got fight and flight happening. We've got and freeze and we're all sitting there hungry for information. And, you know, I think probably most of the information came in the first three minutes of the press conference and people are still watching the next 57 minutes to see, is there anything else in there that I can grab and hold on to? So as adults, we're trying, we're trying to get something solid for us to hold on to, mm-hmm. but our, our little people don't have, and I'm counting little people all the way up to you know, people who are taller than me, um, yes. they don't have those same opportunities or can't voice that in the same way that we do. And often I think adults aren't really realising that that's what they're doing by watching these press releases and those things as well. Mm-hmm. So it can be useful to, to bear that in mind, I guess.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we are, we're wanting information so we can know more, but Mm. sometimes it can kind of breed fear a little bit too if we don't get what we think we're going to get. Yeah. Um, And knowing that we can kind of make sense of that because we're really lucky as adults because we've got this kind of prefrontal cortex that helps us out. But Fingers crossed we've all got a
0: developed brain as adults. Yes, that's (laughs)
1: right.
0: There are times I question it for myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all do. So, you know, they're, they're having lots of reactions here. So if you see your children having these reactions, they're letting you know they don't quite understand what's mm. going on here. Yeah, and it can be really triggering for us as adults. But again, it's trying to see if we can just pause, take a breath, and see what they need. What do they need from me right now in this moment? Mm. And, you know, and I think there's right now we don't have much access to support, but there's lots out there. So don't forget things like you know Beyond Blue and Lifeline, Kids Helpline. You know that they're, they're there to be accessed. Mm-hmm. So if you need to have that support, if you're that person who's really doesn't have much access to other people. You know, do things like connecting with the services that are out there because you're not alone and you mm-hmm. do have these Facebook groups that, uh, like you said before, Emma, that might be part of the class that, you know, give you a bit more of a reality check on what's going on. Yeah. So, sometimes there's kind of positive digital experiences that are worth tapping into.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we've sort of talked about, um, we've talked about what, what might happen if we have a... I kind of want to use inverted commas a regular start to the school year. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about what may happen if we have a similar situation to mm-hmm. mid last year, where we were home um, homeschooling our kids, or whatever we want to call that. Um, and then, but what about if we have a third different option, where our children are going to school possibly for the first time, whether that's as a pre-primary kindy student or mm-hmm. a year seven student, uh, and as parents, we don't get to go onto the school premises with them how does that differ and what can we do to yeah. support our children and also to support ourselves as parents so i know that you know that experience of taking our children to school for the very first time it's a milestone in parents lives and it's something that you know we look forward to with joy and anticipation and fear and you know the thought of having to leave our child in the classroom and take them in and sit and do a puzzle and read a book and then have to walk out and leave them and how they're going to be without us and we're potentially because we don't know what's actually going to happen but potentially parents are robbed of that experience of being able to take their children into the classroom and and have the experience the way that we may have created that vision in our head of what that's going to look like and it's not going to match
1: yeah i mean that's a really tricky thing to think about isn't it Mm. that's why i thought i'd ask you rather than trying to come up
0: with a solution (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, to think about how you're going to be able to change that and I think you know what would be really useful is things like creating a new picture with your child Mm. because you both had a very different picture of what that might have looked like and I think being able to sit down and think about what might it look like now yeah so where you might have gone um I would be walking into the class and you might even have done that already with them that might not be the case so you know it might be about going well how, what might it look like now how can we do a successful separation now but it might not be a hand-to-hand separation mm. from you know inside of a, a small a classroom so I you know I think doing things like sharing play with your children about starting school like this and mm. what might it look like you know do role plays getting them ready packing their bags getting in the car you know where they might be getting out from so that, that separation in, in whatever that environment is is going to be like, whether it's at a school gate or whether mm. the teachers are coming. Through. I imagine in some way they would have to have someone at that interaction, but it may not be in the classroom. Yeah. About creating a, um, I think, creating an environment for your child that's still about celebrating that going into school, but mm. it might not necessarily kind of look like how we wanted it to look like. Yeah. So how can we kind of create one that's going to work for both of us in this mm. scenario? And have a special breakfast together, starting the school that day. Those small things, creating those, like what we said beforehand and we are talking earlier on, creating this kind of micro moments together where you're getting to delight in um, and enjoy with your child about the fact that this isn't your first day and, you know, creating some kind of play around that so that it kind of feels like an enjoyable experience going and gives you both a kind of like a little picture about what it might be mm. like
0: when So, when you're speaking with your child around how you know we'd anticipated that I would be taking you into class, that mm-hmm. might not happen now, and instead we might go to the gate and one of your teachers might come and get you and take you instead, do you mm-hmm. think it's useful to share with your child that you're disappointed about not having to not being able to have that as well
1: yeah you know i I would certainly. I mean, you don't want to project your own distress. Mm. I mean, that's something I want to kind of put forward as well. But to be able to go something like, I was really looking forward to being mm. able to see your classroom too. Yeah, But now you're going to have to tell me all about it and I can't wait to hear what you tell me what it's like. I think um, that's, you know, so that, that can actually... You wanted to share in that? Yeah,
0: I think that can be a useful almost activity. And again, the mindfulness thing of... I'd really wanted to to walk you to your classroom and see what your classroom looks like. Now you're going to have to tell me about it. Do you think you can use your eyes to take pictures of the classroom Mm. so when you can come out, you can tell me all about it? And then, you know, don't forget, you know, when you're dropping them off, don't forget I need you to use your eyes to take photos of the classroom so, Mm. um, you know, so you can tell me all the details. So when they do get into their class, they've got that time to actually take a moment and look around and slowly process what's in the classroom and what does it look like and, you know, perhaps things like... You know, I want you to tell me what your favourite thing that's on the wall is or I want you to tell me whereabouts is your t- your teacher's desk or do you think you can draw your classroom for me? Those kinds of things that may actually help them slow down a little bit and take their surroundings in.
1: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful activity to, to kind of consider about what all their senses are mm. and to be able to use those senses when going into the classroom. You know, like what you said, you know, use your eyes to take pictures, tell me what colour the carpet was, mm. what did it feel like when you sat on it, mm. You know what do the rooms smell like? So when they go in there, they're going in with kind of an activity they've got to kind of do, and before they know it, they're engaged in that classroom. Mm. And, and then you, at the end, you're getting to kind of hear all their experiences of that. Or you might hear your child go, "I don't know, I can't even remember what it smelled like." I you forgot. Know, but you've got to have <laughs> yeah. conversation about that. Yeah. Um, I think you know. It's I think it's sorry just tempting...
0: to just to add to that. Don't forget to ask your child at the end of the day. So you know if you've yes. gone in with that, make sure you remember to set aside yep. five minutes to actually hear about what the carpet felt like or was there any nasty mm. smells in the room or, um, you know, the funniest thing that was on, you know, those kinds of things. So that you, again, it creates that connection between you and your child and knowing that you are actually interested in what they're doing with the day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You wanted to know and now I'm going to tell you. Yeah, And then they're, they're not necessarily going to remember to tell you. So it is about you making the time to to sit back and go, remember we spoke about this morning, this is kind of what I want to hear about. So that when you get to it the next day, they know that it's actually something you're interested in mm. and that you're going to want to be with them in, mm. in the at the end of the day, when you come together again. I think it's, you know, sometimes it's tempting as parents to kind of just getting on with your day. And even in that experience of your child feeling distress about the fact they're going to be leaving you in a, in a space they weren't expecting to. Like you said at the very beginning, I think, Emma, you were saying things like, if we, we're tempted to say, you'll be right, it's going to be fine, the day mm. goes so fast, toughen up, don't yeah. worry about it. And, you know, what our children end up kind of hearing are things like, actually, it doesn't really matter about how you feel, mm. you know, it doesn't matter that you're scared, you're going to be fine. Um, but we what we really want them to hear is, I know what you're feeling mm. and I know this is what it's going to be like for you and I'm still going to be here at the end of that. And so they have the capacity to be heard and felt
0: in that moment. And you I know, think this, to be, um, this gives sorry, chi- I think this gives children the opportunity as well to be their own expert and mm-hmm. to trust their own emotions and their own experiences rather than you know I'm feeling scared. No, you're not. You're fine. There's nothing to be scared about. Yes. Well, actually, yeah. there is because I've never been here before. I've never left you for eight hours before i don't know what's coming my teacher might be nasty i've never had to use a public toilet all by myself before i've never had to drink from a water fountain i don't know how to drink from a water fountain without it going up my nose it's something i still struggle with um and they all have (laughs) water bottles now but you know when i went to school it was an issue (laughs) Um, So, all of these things to be afraid am i going to get told off if i put my hand up and i need to go to the toilet do i am i going to be able to sit still all of these things my my jumper's really itchy so mm-hmm. possibly not going to be an issue on the 6th of February in Western Australia that yeah. the jump is itchy, but all of those things, they do yeah. cause fear and it's okay to be afraid of those things because that's the, that's the emotion that you're feeling. And yet I hear you and I feel you, buddy.
1: Absolutely. And like you said beforehand, um, you know, we can find ourselves pushing against those feelings mm. rather than just being with them because we want them to be okay. I mean, that's the reason we do it. Yes. We, we want to tell people they're going to be fine because we want them to be fine. Mm. Um, and so we, you know, when we're trying to kind of reassure them, you know, just the reassuring is letting them know that we understand their feeling. And, you know, like when we're talking about those confident roosters that go out there and then all of a sudden they're not so confident anymore, it might be really tempting to go, you're going to be fine. I know yeah. you're going to be fine. Yeah. Because that's what we are expecting to see. But really they letting you know, actually, I'm not okay. And I'm actually really worried here and I'm not sure what to do. Mm. And so if you can kind of, you know, help them and guess with them what the feeling might be behind that is really useful too, because they're not going to have the words. You might not hit the nail on the head, but you're kind of going, it kind of looks like you might be mm. really feeling a bit worried at the moment, or I'm wondering if you're feeling a little bit sad that we're not going to be together today. Let, let them know that you, you, you're seeking to find out what's the feeling that you have right now and what do you need mm. me to do to kind of help you through that? Yeah. I mean, as adults, we know that sometimes when we share our experiences with another person, the other person that you're talking to is just waiting and is focusing on what they're going to say back to you. Yeah. Um, and we feel a little bit lonely when that happens. Mm. So, you know, we don't want our children to feel lonely mm. in that experience. We want them to feel so that you're with them in that. So, you know, if we can take the time to pause and reflect before we react, mm. it will help our little people feel really
0: yeah, and i it's tempting as well, you know, with adults when we're talking to each other and with what you were saying about often we're waiting to say the next thing rather than listening to what the person's mm-hmm. actually saying. It can be tempting to go, oh, well, I had an experience like that and this is what I did. And so it's what the message can sometimes be heard by adults and also by our children is, oh, so we're talking about you now, are we?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And this is no longer about me, but this is about you.
0: Yeah. And, and similarly, you know, with children, okay, so the child is upset, but mum's got to get to work or dad's got to get to work. So mm. my feelings don't get counted because mum's more important. So I think it's really useful to be able to, for, as parents, compartmentalise. You know what I'm trying to say? I can't get the word out.
1: Compartmentalise. Thank you. <laughs> I don't mean to. Play.
0: <laughs> oh, how terrible is that? Um, and our feelings and what we need. And our children's as well. So, that And I think that when you do that, you're more likely to meet the needs of both because things often yep. go a lot faster when you are present for your children um, than if you're trying to push against it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely hit the nail on the head there. I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's, it's about trying to figure out how you can allow, allow the small moment of being present, being available for them, rather than trying to rush through it and then it taking a million times longer. Mm. Yeah you know, I think, you know, one of the other things I was thinking of is, you know, as we get through this, this time, this new kind of experience going into school is to sit and think about and explore with your kids. What did we enjoy last time we did this? Mm. Can you remember what, 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 as a family, what kind of experience did we really like? You know, what was fun about online learning or Mm. what was fun about being at home with just our family? Um, and, and even exploring what was the tricky times mm. and what can we do different about it this time. Yeah. So that they get to have kind of the conversation with you about what it could be like and remember the, the good moments that you kind of had, mm. but also to think about, actually, this was really tricky and I wonder how we can do it differently and I'm going to kind of help you get through that. Yeah, and as um, you say,
0: um, again, I keep harping on about the fact that we're allowing our children to be the experts, but asking our children um, what it what would they like it to look like So, Hmm. you when you're looking at home learning or just even for this week, what would you like this to look like? What would you like this to feel like? What do you think we can do to make it look like that? Or, you know, if this is what you wanted it to feel like now, how is that different to how it felt last time and what can we do differently so it does feel like that this time? And giving them the space to actually have input into it and have some sense of control rather than as adults coming in as the expert and saying well we're going to sit down and from half past 8 until 12 o'clock we're going to work on this when you know some children don't actually turn on and start functioning till 11 if you're working from home mm. there's nothing to stop you starting school work at 11 or um you know I I really would like to play more board games awesome what kind of board games would you like to play and how can we incorporate that into our days yeah
1: just really kind of modeling that flexibility mm. and the possibilities of online learning
0: mm. and of and i think at home I think. and giving the kids that sense of control over something and i think often that can yeah. be tricky for kids because they're in situations where they have no control so this is giving them you know this is why Sometimes we'll see kids who, you know, want to do weird things with their hair or, you know, that kind of thing. It's something to have control over. And this is giving them, in a time of uncertainty, a sense of control.
1: Yeah, yeah. Give them those elements, it's really useful. Mm. And, and just going back, to Emma, I think when you're talking about whether the child is concerned about what's going to be like at school or not be like at school or whether they're going to be missing connection, mm. I think it's useful to think about how can we help our children stay connected with their friends. Mm. Um, and often we really worry about this kind of digital time
0: Yeah,
1: um, and how much time their children spend. But looking for, po- like I think I used the word beforehand, where you can look for positive digital connection mm-hmm. for your children. So they're having this kind of still getting their social connection, but they're not kind of feeling like they're missing out. Mm. Um, and they're getting to speak and see the people that have meaning for them. I mean, even for like younger children, if they're not going to be doing that and not wanting to do it as much, you know, drawing pictures and putting it in the post and mailing Mm. it to their friends, writing letters, going back to old school writing letters, it's just another kind of helpful way to think about how can we keep the connection up to them in a way where they feel kind of far away from those who have Mm. been infinite.
0: And also, you know, as I said, with um, homeschooling for three years everything that I look at and do with my kids, I see as an opportunity for homeschool learning. So with what you're talking about there, all of that counts as learning opportunities. So if Mm -hmm. a child is writing a letter, there's a great opportunity to actually look at what is the structure of a letter? How do we start a letter? How do we finish a letter? What kind of words could we use? When is it appropriate to say dear such and such? When do we say hi such and such? Do you want to end it with love from this person or kind regards? how does that how do those words change the way that that letter feels to the recipient Um, and you know how do we address an envelope how do we make sure we put why do we put the sender's details on the back of an envelope all of those things are they're all learning opportunities and they're probably learning opportunities that our kids don't get much um, opportunity to practice so while you may not be Addressing the curriculum 2.2 for has stream for year you know year six, it's a it's still a learning point that we are sharing with our children and an opportunity to create connection with ourselves and our children and our children and their extended circle as well. And And I think all the time, well, if we look at those kinds of things as well, it takes a lot of the pressure off around this worksheet that's got to be done or you know if they need yeah. to if they need to practice their writing well they're practicing handwriting they need to know where the full stops go they need to know how to use commas and capital letters all of those things we use in letters so and i mean i think there's also some code breaking when i try and read letters that my children have written to me when they're very small <laughs> what might this say
1: <laughs> maybe so, you can read this to mum
0: that's it let's practice our reading <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you know like what you're saying now it is there's opportunities and lots of things that sometimes it's hard to see because it's just not used to doing it um and often we're so busy
0: panicking and feeling like we're failing that we forget to stop and celebrate the wins and say you know what you're right i didn't do any of these things but my child baked a cake today and they had to read the recipe even if the recipe comes on the back of a packet and it says crack two eggs and whisk them stick it in the oven It's still reading. It's still processes and, we're, and, we're and procedures. we're still smiling. We're
1: That's... still smiling at the end of this. You know, I think it's just, you know, and it's thinking through this when how we get our kids through, but then how do parents kind of cope through yes, this? Yes, exactly. And how do they find their way going, oh, how am I going to get through this craziness, mm. you know, all over again? Um, and I think it's really important, like you're saying beforehand, we're going to have these good days mm. and we're going to have not so good days and we're going to have days that are going to take you, to the craziest of places and to the edge of your being almost. Mm-hmm. Um and on those days, giving yourself some slack. Yes. You know, you I think we can't allow ourselves to be, we're gonna it's gonna happen smoothly every day. Mm. So when it isn't happening the way you want it to do, stop and go, okay, today's gonna be one of those days where it's maybe out the window, the plan's gone and we're just gonna kind of wing it. Mm. And it might mean doing things kind of out of the ordinary you know, you might be having a chocolate thick shake for breakfast rather than something healthy. You might be having, you know, an extra caffeine shot during the day just to kind of get you through or hiding mm. in the pantry just so you can breathe with the kids for a minute. Breathe. You mean um, breathe
0: in the chocolate biscuits so they don't see you or hear you Yeah, in yeah, packet, absolutely. Don't you? <laughs> open the
1: plastic so they can't hear you doing it. This is of why you turn the music um, up, isn't
0: it? You can't hear the, pla- the packet, rustle. Yeah.
1: So really just don't berate yourself. Yeah. You know, just because things have gone out of whack doesn't mean you're failing. It just means it's one of those days you've got to find another way to kind of get mm. through and give yourself some self-compassion and be kind to you. Be kind to your partner. Yeah. Um. You know, and those are, you know, I'll come back to you. I think you said it lovely beforehand and when you get to kind of say to someone, do you, do you want me to solve this right now or do you don't want me to just kind of hear you? Mm. Do you want me to just be with you in this moment so that you can kind of feel connected with that person that's travelling alongside you, trying to yeah. do it with you? Um, and I think with that, um, you know, that taking-
0: that sense of berating yourself over a day not going the way that you had planned, I always think it's mm. useful to say if my friend or even an enemy was telling me this, would I be speaking to them the same way that I'm speaking to myself? Because if I wouldn't speak to my enemy in the same tone that I'm speaking to myself. Maybe I need to look at the way that I'm talking to myself and need to go yeah. if a friend was going through this, this is what I'd be saying to them. What's stopping me saying that to yeah. me right now? And actually yeah. maybe I can take a minute and go you survived the day and some days if you some days if I end the day with the same number of children and they're the same actual children that I started the day with, I count that as a win.
1: That's a win.
0: Yep. <laughs> some days my bar is low
1: (laughs) oh well it's just about we're all still here at the end of the day that's it now let's kind of regroup yeah i think it's it's just finding ways for your family to kind of reduce stress reconnection and laughter and fun if there's anything to kind of help those kind of cortisol levels reduce down it's just about kind of trying to do that you know i think if you can Find opportunities that you know works for your family. Try and sneak them in in those bad mm. days to go, okay, let's just try to connect in again. Let's yeah. just all breathe. Let's put a, put a, put our pencils down and, and just be together and and find a way to have a good laugh at how crappy the day has been. Yeah. And just take one day at a time. And Sometimes, sometimes one hour at a time. I was going to say
0: sometimes one hour or one minute depending on how bad the day <laughs> yeah. is going. And I've had days where it's been one minute at a time and if I can make it through the next minute, I can do this. Um also i think that um you're talking about some different coping strategies and finding ways to laugh and connect with your family and your children and um, ways to raise the cortisol levels i think it's and you know you spoke i made a joke about hiding in the pantry eating chocolate biscuits and you spoke about having a chocolate thick shake or a extra shot of coffee um but just wanted to kind of point out that there are healthier options than having a bottle of bourbon for breakfast or even Absolutely. it's twelve o'clock somewhere at you know at half past ten in the morning where you're thinking well, should I pour this glass of wine now? I think if you're mm. uh, if you're saying it's twelve o'clock somewhere, should I pour this glass of wine? Um, you probably know that it's probably not great to have wine with breakfast.
1: Mm-hmm. And also know that and sometimes people call it you know you're in the red zone. Then yeah. right? you know you're in that place where things aren't okay. So if you're having those thoughts, actually this is letting me you know that I need to do something different mm. right now. I need to change it.
0: Yeah, and I guess thinking about what different things could you do now that don't resolve in um, self medicating with wine or any other beverage of choice, I guess Um, any other substance. Yeah, that's it. So um, you know, as you said, finding ways to laugh with your laugh either by yourself, whether that means possibly you know watching a comedy or watching YouTube clips, something that's going to Lift your mood, whether it's finding connection and laughter with your children or with your partner or with friends. And I often think sharing some of the horror stories, when you share them at the time, you think, oh, my God. But afterwards, they do make really funny stories, don't you think?
1: You can have a great laugh afterwards, absolutely. That's it. In time, not so
0: much. But after, definitely. (laughs) That's it. But sometimes, you know, when you share them with friends, it does give you the ability to gain a different perspective and to actually Mm. – so a friend of mine shared this morning that she's uh, she's a single parent with five children and her youngest is has just turned two and is potty training and she's so very excited. And she weed on the potty for the very first time and all of her brothers and sisters and her mum were standing around with her and cheering and clapping and they said, did you go wheeze on the potty? And she picked the potty up and turned it upside down on top of her head to prove that she'd weed oh, in the potty. Yes. <laughs> and at, at no, that no, moment,
1: moment right that's me. it,
0: at that moment in time, my friend the mum did not think that that was a funny story I however think that it's hilarious (laughs) and you know by by sharing that she was able to you know to kind of reassess and go you know what everyone's clean it's all fine yes it's funny now I can see the funny side but she just was not in a good place (laughs) but
1: like when you get to share a story you get to have some perspective don't you yes
0: yeah most definitely Mm. Um, Any other thoughts on what, I guess, parents – so you spoke right back at the beginning around Mm -hmm. how all of the thoughts of children going back to school and this is without the possibility of um, parenting while our children – are sorry, homeschooling our children and um, without the possibility of our children possibly going back without parents being allowed on school grounds, how that can be really anxiety-provoking. Is there – for ourselves and for our children can you come up with any kind of other suggestions or hints or tips around how we can manage our own anxiety so we're not sharing that with our children and also how we can help children practically to manage their anxiety over this um i'll
1: probably just go back to what i was saying before emma which was it's really about just creating a new story around this, mm-hmm. a new story for the children that they get to be part of and get to make decisions with you around mm-hmm. and um, and ideas and role-playing that out with them, um, which will also help you. But if you're feeling, you know, I think what I'm hearing from you asking is if you're feeling anxiety and if that's kind of transferring to your child, what do you need to do to kind of change that? Yeah. Um, and and I, I would do things like, you know, allow some time to kind of reflect on it what is it about that i really want to be part of what what area did i really want to um make sure that i celebrated my child with you know was it a particular photo that i Mm. wanted on the school grounds because my other kids had that Mm. photo you know what other kind of you know photo can i take now you know allowing yourself to really sit back think about where will your disappointments be what Mm. can you do to kind of change Um, your idea around what this might look like and that it that it is a change it's not necessarily going to be the same yeah but how can you make it meaningful for you and how can you make it meaningful for your child Um, and knowing this is just about having a successful experience Mm. so it may have looked one way but doesn't necessarily mean um, that just because it's going to be different it's not going to be successful yeah and the success comes from you being available for your child and knowing that they're going to be okay. And they're going to see you at the end of the day. Mm. And so all the things that we spoke about before, all about the idea of, you know, how can we um, allow them to feel safe walking into the school ground, whether it was going into the teacher, whether Mm. it was going through the gate, I think going back to those ideas about, you know, having transitional objects, you know, looking at ways to connect with other teachers, um, you know, the sensory stuff that we also spoke about as Mm. well. And then allowing yourself as the parent, I think, before then, that kind of ritual in the morning about getting yourselves ready. So, when you're doing that with your child, you're listening to the music, whatever you might do, it also gets you in that mm, place of feeling definitely. ready, prepared for school. Mm. So, you're just knowing this is going to be different. It's not going to be what you want it to be. It is about sitting into how can I be more flexible, even though I know this is quite challenging. Um, and creating an idea for yourself about how you would like to be for your child, how do you want things to be for them so you can then be available for them knowing that the greatest thing they need from you is to be that, that secure base to kind of leave from and go mm. into the classroom and a safe haven to come back to at the end of the day.
0: I think as well, something that you spoke about way back at the very beginning was around for, you know, perhaps some children have never been away from their primary caregiver before. The flip side of yes. that is sometimes that means that that primary caregiver hasn't been away from that child before. And, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes that can mean that... So what I guess what came to me as you were speaking just then is where where is the parent's anxiety coming from? So um, you've just covered around how this may look different to how I was expecting, but I think every year we see parents who feel really quite anxious about dropping their children off to school for the very first time. So it might perhaps be around looking at, well... What is it that I'm anxious about? What am I feeling concerned about? And is it the fact that I haven't actually been away from my child before? And that means that, you know, when I'm practicing by leaving my child with somebody for 10 minutes or for 20 and then building it up to a couple of hours, I'm actually getting to practice that as well. I'm getting to practice being away from them and... Not being with them twenty four seven, so I know they're safe, and I have to trust that they're going to be okay. You know, I have to trust that when I drop my children off to school, the person who's looking after them is going to care for them the same way that I do.
1: Yeah, and it is about having lots of self talk around this.
0: Mm.
1: Being, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to think about, you know, where are you getting triggered? Mm. What's the trigger about? And what do you need to do for yourself so that you can be okay? Um, and transition that into your experience with your child. Yeah. Because if we wait, we kind of catch that it's happening at the same time as that your child is also experienced um, discomfort. Mm. That's when you're going to kind of see the explosion happen that you're not wanting to happen. Mm. So certainly knowing that you can do these things that we've spoken about today um, that will kind of help your child get prepared, but also helps you get prepared knowing that you've been part of that process with them and knowing what it feels like for you to be um, leaving them on their first day, whether it's their first day of kindy or if it's their first day of high school, whatever it might mm. be, um, that this is something that's challenging for you and it's a hard thing to think about being away from them and what you need to do to take care of yourself. And again, going back to what I think I said earlier on is self-care right now is really important as we go mm. through this because it allows you to be the parent that you want to be.
0: I'm just thinking as well um, with some... Sorry, going back to for children, some practical strategies. We... And thinking about this idea that we kind of have – we think that older kids are going to be okay or we think that this particular child based on this experience is going to be okay. When you've got a child starting a new year or a new school, um, whether that's you know kindy or year, year seven or any new year with a new year at school or perhaps they're not going to be able to walk into school with you this year – Another possible option is to, again, use those Facebook groups or social media groups for the school to see whether or not there's somebody who you could meet with, you know, possibly this weekend before school goes back, to, if lockdown gets lifted, before school goes back on Monday, so that they actually have a buddy to walk in with, somebody that they know and they've got a connection with, at least they've met them before. Yeah. You know, something like that that could possibly give something practical and tangible if that's likely to help.
1: Uh, yeah, look, I th- I think um, there there is certainly is that and, you know, finding someone who might be yeah, it makes it a bit tricky to know whether that's going to be a possibility.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: With how things are going to be. <laughs> it's but all up in the air. Who knows? You know, <laughs> it, it It is a who knows, but it is thinking about, you know, I think some of the things that we spoke about in the earlier mm. on about whether or not it was locked down or not, about how you can create those transitions more smoothly mm. um, are really still quite useful now. Yes. It's looking at how can they still feel as though that they've they've got access to their safe person in some way, whether it's through objects, whether it's through conversations that you've had before, whether how you reunite at the end of the day, who they connect to when they get there, you know, you know, driving to the school, looking mm. at where the gate is, you know, all those kind of things are still really useful to be implementing, um, even though the
0: the idea of going in might not look like how we thought it might. Mm. Yeah, no, that, exactly. Um, any other thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Um, I, I guess my like I said before, I think the the only thought that I kind of want to leave with parents is um, that when your children are going out to new experiences, they're going to seek for you to want to. Eat. To watch over them to delight in them Mm -hmm. to enjoy with them they're going to want you to be doing that and then when they're in that those big behaviors when they're showing you all these things that's when they're going to need you to be that safe haven where they want you to protect them comfort delight help them organize these scary feelings that they don't quite understand um so we can kind of think about that that our children are constantly letting us know they have some need just need to have a look out for what they are and to take the time pause, see if you can see what it is, and just take one day at a time.
0: Mm, beautiful. You mentioned before that there are different uh, places that people can reach out for support if they need it. So you mentioned Beyond yes. Blue, Lifeline. Uh, what were the other ones you mentioned? Kids Helpline. Kids Helpline.
1: Kids Helpline,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and I think, you know, there's other services that are out there that are do. You know, look, I think Maggie Dent. She's got some amazing articles mm. um, on there about... Um, anxiety and useful tips about what you can do, how, you know, calming, I think she has different ones about calming techniques, has some beautiful stuff with you can do about mindfulness. Um, and so there's different people out there that have got different things. Get online, do some searches um, if you're just wanting some more tips about how you can successfully get through this time as well.
0: Yeah, so I will make sure that there are links to those in our show notes for today. And also we do have a Women's Health and Wellbeing Service parent group which is on Facebook and um, if you just search for WHWS parents, it's a public group that people can join. It's a safe space and while we are in this uncertain situation, we've got um, Kate is posting regularly with different activities that children can do at home. So they're on there, so there's word searches, there's things like scavenger hunts around the house and around the back garden, things that. Uh, I guess, to keep kids occupied in ways that don't involve a screen. Um, As we spoke about, there are definitely positives for using screen and using the um, internet for social connection, but also there's positives for getting away from the screen and and playing in different ways. And the scavenger hunt is also a really great way to create connection between parents and children. Um, So that's available as well, and I'll make sure that there's a link for that in the Facebook group. Uh, I think that knowing that there are people all around the world who have been through what we're going through now, um, it certainly makes me feel somewhat more reassured that we're not, we're not um, the first people to do this. So we can draw on other people's experiences as well and know that there are so many supports out there. Uh, obviously, there is the Beyond Blue and Kids Helpline and the Maggie Dent information as well. Women's Health and Wellbeing Services do have counselling available if people are finding this situation yep. particularly anxiety provoking. Um, then, so we've got individual counselling, couple counselling, and family counselling. So you can always get in touch and find out more about that. And then we've got a plethora of different videos on our YouTube channel as well that you can check out and see if there's something useful there. So,
1: and I was also thinking I'll just jump in. Yeah, go um, for it throughout today that we've spoken i've been using language uh things like you know secure base safe haven mm-hmm. um being with these are all languages coming from the circle of security and mm-hmm. this is a group that we're going to be running this term i'll be running it so if anyone's interested in hearing and knowing more about what I, how i've been talking today mm-hmm. then it's definitely worth having a look at that and seeing if you would like to come along
0: most definitely and um Thank you for that plug there, forgot about that. So we do have Circle of Security coming up and Cindy is running it and is a fantastic facilitator for Circle of Security. And Circle of Security, every parent should do and I actually think every person should do because I do find myself using it with my interpersonal re- um, relationships with my partner and my parent, my parents and you know with colleagues and co-workers as well. So I, I do find it really useful. Um, Cindy will be running that regardless of whether or not we're in lockdown. So if we are able to run an in-person group, then you will do it in a room all together with seeing everyone's smiling faces. And if not, then we'll be running it as a Zoom group and um, it will be a private group and we'll be seeing everybody's smiling faces. It'll just be across a screen instead of in person.
1: It will indeed.
0: Fantastic. Any last final, final thoughts?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I think we kind of kind of covered it yeah but fair. you know again, just taking each 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 minute as you do as you do yeah. just to get through the day.
0: Perfect. Well if anybody does have any questions or thoughts, you can always shoot them through to us on our Facebook page or info at whws.org.au au and we'll be able to get back to you with that. Otherwise, Cindy, thank you so much for joining me today on my very first podcast guest hosting um, for Melanie. It was fantastic to chat with you via, well, we're doing this via Zoom, so thank you for making time to have this conversation. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me, Emma. I have enjoyed it.
0: Ah, fantastic. This is Cindy's first time (laughs) on a podcast, so now um, hopefully we'll have her converted and we'll have her on a few more. i noticed she's not saying yes (laughs) all right thank you very much yeah thank you very much everyone and we'll see you in a fortnight for the next episode to the hidden world of women the podcast brought to you by women's health and well-being services you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube by looking up women's health and well-being services you can also find us at our website www.whws.org.au bye